This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, family, let us pray. We're going to talk about the Lord will reward this morning. The Lord will reward. But let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege you have of coming together as your family to celebrate you, to honor you, and just to know that you're a good God and to hear from your spirit talking to us. Thank you for encouraging us this morning in Jesus' name. And all those in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, the Lord will reward. The Lord will reward. And, and before we get into the rewards of God and some of the, I just want to touch on some of there's so many various places in Scripture where God talks about rewarding His children. I mean, even the gift of eternal life is really a reward for believing in Jesus, right? It's an inheritance. It's part of our inheritance. The inheritance we have through Christ is actually also a reward. And God is a God who rewards. He is one who desires and seeks to reward those who seek for Him. And in John 13, Jesus says the following words. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. There's so much in those words, but two things I'd like to highlight is one of them being is that love is the identifier of a Christian. Love is the identifier of a believer in Jesus. They'll know you, my disciples, by the love you have one for another. Not the power, the oration, the, the intelligence. He's talking about love. Love. You are my disciples talks about us connecting with God. And family, to have victory and success in life, to enjoy the blessing of God, the rewards of God, we need to connect with God. Amen? Connecting with God, you're my disciples. And then he said, if you have love one for another, as I have loved you, connecting with people. So God clearly wants us to connect with Him and to connect with people and to show the love of God to those who are around us. And how do we do that? Well, we connect with God by the worship experiences and services that we have here on a Sunday and also Bible college and learning about the Word and so forth. How do we connect with people? Well, that's what the groups are for. We can gather with fellow believers and those who have similar interests and desires and you discuss the things of God and just enjoy a good time in the presence of the Lord. The welfare groups, the freedom groups, whatever they might be. If you want to know more about them, connect the group or contact the group ministry. So I would like to say that you and I, we are here for God, connect with Him, and we are here for people. Please say that with me. I have been created for God and for others. Now when Jesus announced that He would be leaving, He gave one very simple and profound instruction. Love one another. Now on the face of it, it sounds fairly simple, but yet love generally to a natural human being doesn't come naturally. It's harder than it seems. We're prone often to argue and, you know, even dare I say it, to hate and fight and, you know, those kind of things. But we default to sort of selfish motives, me first, and wanting to win at all costs. And love doesn't naturally fit in there. And that's why every one of us needs God in our lives. 
yet we crave love. God created us to crave it. And love is a mark of Jesus' followers. So Jesus asked his disciples to practice the love that he modeled. And if they reflected the example of how Jesus loved everyone, even the unlovable, that they would stand out in a world that does not understand love. And clearly, family, as we look around us in the things that are happening in the world today, as the world is getting darker in many areas, the church is getting brighter, and our motive is love them. Amen? Show them the love of Jesus. By this will all know that you, my disciples, when you love one another. Now, two weeks ago, Dr. Johnny ministered on his title of his subject for the weekend was Pay It Forward, talking about showing generosity and showing the love of God by being generous in our community. How many remember the little cards? Do you remember? And the big card, right? Okay. Well, you know, I'll tell you later, but I will encourage you to get some more. We'll speak about that. But it is there for us to show a generous heart towards others. The fact that we appreciate others because they are created by God. And show them the love of Jesus. And then last weekend, last weekend, Dr. Andre Vilmans ministered on Jesus is in the second mile. Also talking about going over and above and how God wants us to be blessing to others. This morning, I want to highlight a particular scripture here and then I'm going to come back to it a little bit later. And it's Ephesians chapter 6 verse 8. And here the apostle Paul writes and he says, Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. He says, remember that the Lord will reward. Now, first of all, he says, remember. He does, he's not implying that we don't have a good memory. He's not implying that you often forget, but he is saying that we do let things slip in our minds. Amen? The things of life often cloud out what God has done and said to us, and yet he says, remember. In other words, Keep it at the forefront of your mind. Many times in Scripture, God tells us to remember things. He does not want us to forget them because He knows we are moved by what we see. And He wants you to keep in your mind what? The Lord will reward. Say that. The Lord will reward me. For what? For every good thing that each of us do. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do whether we are slaves or free. And what does that last part mean, slaves or free? Now today, it doesn't have the same meaning it did then, but in essence what it's saying is, irrespective of your circumstance, God wants you to do good because He will reward you. So when you don't have much, He expects you to do good. When you have much, He expects you to keep on doing good. When you don't feel like it, He expects you to do good. When you're really exuberant and you want to do anything for everybody and hug everyone, He expects you to do good. Why? So that He can reward you. God desires to reward us more than we desire His reward. Let me let that sink in a little bit. God desires to reward each and every one of us more than we desire His reward. Now let's have a look. In this particular scripture, 
what Paul is saying, remember that the Lord will reward you for the good you do, it seems to fall and hinge between two separate doors on either side, I guess. And the first one is a number of verses leading up to this in chapter 5, talks about submission in the family. It talks about love between husband and wife, submitting one to another, it talks about submission in the home, children submit to your parents, and so forth, and parents love your children, and don't exacerbate them, and all the rest of it. And then the other side is one of the armor of God talks about warfare, about victorious, and also involving the sword of the Spirit, which is an offensive weapon, and the prayer of the Spirit, which is also offensive prayer. So here, right in the middle of submission, humble yourself in the sight of God, and warfare, and He will lift you up, give you victory, God puts this hinge about a heart attitude of that we need not only to look to Him, but we also need to look out and see what Jesus saw on the cross so we can serve our community and thereby showing the love of God and bringing Him glory. Then we'll have victory. We can submit without the others and we can go to warfare without the first button. We need all of it. Every chain on the link is necessary for the chain to do its job. Amen? So we do it for the reward, family. We do it for the reward. Christians often talk about working for God. I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to work for God. I'm going to go to a missions trip for God, doing the ministry of God. And it's good to talk that way. For example, we promise uh, through Christ that we will do this. We'll go and feed the poor. We'll get involved. In the, but often we talk about it as if we are meeting God's needs. Now, I know we maybe not think it directly like that, but often we think, if, if I don't do this, who's going to do this? I've got to meet God's need in this area. Now, sure, we are His hands and feet. We should do things for God, family. But number one is, big deal is, we're not meeting His needs. We talk like that, but we are not meeting the needs of God. So when we mean, when we talk about things, doing things for God, what does it mean? Does he have needs? Acts 17, verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. God does not need but God desires to reward us. God desires our affection and our love. He, does, he desires us to be His children. So when we do things for God, we're doing them because we love on Him and we desire to please Him. But every act of pleasing Him does not go unrewarded. Whatever good thing you do, God will reward. Is this encouraging you? So what does all this mean? We look at the verses in the Bible that talk about doing something for God, for the Lord. We see here, well, I'm going to use Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, uh, 23 and verse 24, but verse 23 first. What does it mean about doing things for God? Verse 23 says, whatever you do, whatever you do. Say, whatever I do. And say, whatever surely means whatever, because that's what forever means, or whatever means. Not forever, whatever. Whatever, forever, whatever, all right? I've got your attention. Whatever means whatever because that's what whatever. 
whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Now let's just pause there. Work heartily for the Lord and not for men. Now what does heartily mean? I mean, think of the illustration of a hearty stew. Have you heard that expression? I think even Royco once used it in their adverts, right? Make hearty stew, a packet of stuff in, I don't know what nutrition is in a packet of powder, but, you know, but it's all the other goodies that are added in, right? The beef and the, the potatoes, come help me, and the carrots and the, what else do we put in? You guys never eat stew? Huh? A packet of Royco, that's the important part, right? All the flavor and the herbs and everybody has their touch on it. I mean, a hearty stew, especially in winter, it like warms the cockles of your heart, right? I mean, you put it in, you think, oh, you already feel the nutrients and the nutrition just rushing through your blood. I mean, you just had one spoon and you feel like Superman, Popeye, you know? That's what God expects, though. The way we, that stew, the hearty stew, the, the nourishment of all those vegetables and things that God created, put in there, is being absorbed into. That's how God expects us to serve Him, from a hearty attitude. One that says, nothing is too much for me to do for you, because God will reward me. Do we have that kind of hearty heart attitude for the things of God? We need to ask ourselves those questions. And then verse 24 says, whatever you do, verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. Say that, I will receive a reward from God, my inheritance for the good things that I do for Him. Yeah. So doing something for the Lord means that we do it knowing something. What is that? That from the Lord we'll receive the reward of our inheritance. It means doing something to receive God's reward. And I want to stress that point. Whatever we do for God and whatever we do for people in the name of the Lord will be rewarded. God promises to reward us for how we serve Him on earth and for the good we do. Say so that God promises... To reward me for the things I do for him on earth and the good things I do for others. Sometimes we think our reward is something in heaven. You know, every time I do a good thing, whew, that was difficult. You know, I mean, these people, gee whiz, look what they're like. You know, God, are oh, you so wonderful? These Christians, and these people, oh, my neighbors, oh, whatever. Okay, I'll do something nice for them. I'll throw, the, they threw the ball over the fence. I'll just throw it back. That's a good deed. Well done. We're gonna, Tick in heaven, tick in heaven. One day when I get there, I'll have a robe with epilepsy, a couple of stars on it, you know. That was me. I don't know where we get that from. That is very works motivated. God says, I reward you for everything you do with the right heart attitude. So doing a work without the attitude that goes with it is not the best way. You want to... There are three sort of essential things that happen when I do good things and when I understand that God wants to reward me. Number one, it motivates my obedience. When I understand that the Lord will reward me for all the good that I do and that He desires that I seek His reward, He wants me to do it, like a soccer team or somebody, they say, well, let's go out there and play. Let's just go out and have fun. No, we're going to go out there for the win. I many of you know what I'm talking about. No, you go out there for the win. God wants you to go out there and play the game for the reward. Right? 
And one of the things that happens is it motivates our obedience. Now suddenly, because I know there's a reward, I'm listening to God when He says, you see that person standing over there? Go over there, take a little card, bless them with something in the restaurant. You know, be good to the waiter. He's had a tough day. Even though the service, whatever the service, don't worry about it. Just put in extra and tell Him, God loves you. I want to bless you. Whatever the case might be, God will motivate you to be obedient. Secondly, it humbles our hearts knowing that the obedience is not about us giving God something that He needs, but it's about God giving us something we need and that He gives us more joy. And as we serve Him for the reward, more joy comes into our lives. How many can attest that? You do something good for someone, God unction you to do that, right, sir? Isn't that great? Didn't you feel joy burst in your heart? And it purifies our motives. It motivates our obedience, humbles our hearts, and it purifies our motives. Because it takes our focus off of impressing others with our obedience, and it puts it on seeking joy in God through our obedience. If we seek to make God happy, we seek the joy of the Lord, which is our strength as a Christian, and we're obedient to Him, and we serve and love others, showing the love of God, we will have a joyful life. Because serving others gets you to take your eyes, my eyes, off of our circumstance. We look beyond the problem. And when we help solve somebody else's problem, what we sow, we surely reap, and God takes care of ours. Our great is our reward. Think of what God has called you to do. Because God promises to reward us for serving Him on this earth. But what has God called you to do? If you're not sure then I encourage you in the beginning of 2019, you go on growth track. You'll hear about it in the beginning of the year and discover what God has created you for. You'll find out the gifts and talents and skills that God has put inside of you and the very unique assignment that God has given you. God knows your number and He knows what you created for. And only you can fulfill it. But we have to discover what it is. For example, like leading a small group, washing the dishes. Lord, I need help. <laughs> Stand there. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, the joy. And there's a mountain of dishes. And there's five of us in the home. The joy of the Lord. All right. Where's Gideon now? Let him sing that song. He needs to pep me up. I need a cheerleader, right? Oh. Father, thank you for a dishwasher in Jesus' name. <laughs> right. The joy came, right? So washing dishes, but we do it for others with the joy of the Lord is our strength in it. We share the gospel with others. What a, no greater privilege than sharing the good news of Jesus with people. And especially this time of year, what a perfect opportunity. Making a sales call. This, this Christianity and living a, being a disciple of Jesus and the love for one another is not only in this space, in a home environment, but when I step out on my front gate, oh, it's a rat race. Well, then there's no difference between me and the other rats. God expects us to be a Christian in our workplace. He expects you to serve your boss as you would be serving Jesus. He expects you to do that sales call as if Jesus is your supervisor and he's right there in the car seat with you, going with you. I just thought I'd throw that out there and it's a bit quiet now all of a sudden. But it's true, right? Yeah, yeah. You, we know we should do these things for the Lord, but too often we're not clear about what it means and, you know, the service. So let's try, you know, let's try this. Just say, whenever you do something, if you're going to go see a customer, just say, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. I do this 
I do this for the reward of joy in the Lord. Thank you for helping me. And it's amazing that when you suddenly walk into that presentation, whatever it might be, to negotiate whatever it is in life, suddenly you are tuned in to what the Holy Spirit is unctioning you to say rather than to all the sales skills that you've learned. They are important, but God knows things you don't know. And He'll share them with you because He has success on His mind for you. He has reward on His mind for you. As long as you do it for Him and give Him glory, He will guide you and direct you. Amen? Let's give Him thanks for that, family. God is intimately interested in your well-being and in your success. It changes everything. God promises to reward us for how we serve Him here on earth. When we serve Jesus in this way, two very important things happen. Number one, we discover our God-given gifts and our unique assignment. And number two, we grow in spiritual strength and maturity. How does that happen? Well, when a host pipe is connected to the source, the tap, and it delivers life-giving water to your flowers, it is doing what it's designed for. It's a unique assignment. But when the housewife decides, I don't want to cooperate and just lies in the sun because it's more concerned about comfort and all sorts of other things, and suddenly the sun beats on it, and before it knows it's too stiff, to, and when it's used, it cracks and breaks, it's discarded, and a new housewife is acquired. And suddenly the old one thinks, God doesn't love me anymore. These people don't like me anymore. No, no. For us to stay fluid and to be useful to the gardener, we need to stay connected, tap, and have life-giving water flow through us to where its intended target is. And God will assign that. You just got to stay connected to God and connect on the other end so that you can deliver His goodness and He will reward you. So Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that God has created us anew in Christ Jesus. God has created us anew, His masterpiece, right? For we are God's masterpiece, and He's created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the things He planned for us long ago. What does that mean? Because I want you just to understand that our salvation, the very fact that we're children of God, does not hinge on what good we do. No, no. Verse 8 tells us that if we are saved by grace. It is a gift from God. So our salvation, we can do nothing to earn it. As a matter of fact, all you can do is reach for God and say, I believe. Thank you. His grace saves us. But we are saved to do good works. So we are not saved by good works. We are saved for the purpose, one of them, of doing good works. And great will be our reward. The Lord will reward us. So here are some of the things that Christ promises to reward. Number one, prayer and fasting. You can read that in Matthew chapter 6. He says, but when you pray, go in a quiet place. When you fast, wash your face so you don't look like, oh, I'm fasting. Oh, no. no, don't make it look like nobody knows. It's a secret. Why? Because then Jesus said, he says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. First place, prayer and fasting. Let's connect with God. That's the best place to receive a reward. Amen. Can I have an amen? All right, good. Secondly, if we make sure that God is our priority, right? Loving on Him is our life priority. Secondly, is compassion for the vulnerable. Loving our fellow man. And remember, Jesus said, Matthew 25, verse 37, He said, if you give a cup of water to the least of mine, just a cup of water, you're doing it unto me. And truly, I say to you, He says in verse 40, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. 
That's love in action, family. God promises to reward us for how we serve Him on earth. Then, thirdly, bearing insults and being excluded for the name of Christ. God rewards us when we are persecuted. When you stand up for what you believe and in whom you believe, God rewards you when people ridicule you and revile you because of Him in your life. The Lord will reward us. Then He also rewards us for loving our enemies. I just thought I'd touch on some of these because I know they're quite common. If you don't have an enemy, um, examine your circle of friends then. We all need an enemy. They kind of help us a little bit. You know, I mean, what would David be without a Goliath? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so love your enemies, though. Jesus said in Luke 6.35, But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. Now, if God is grateful, uh, is, is, uh, sorry, if God is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil, He expects us to be the same. Your value and your position in life is not determined by how people treat you. It's determined by who God is in your life. And so we are to be good and loving to them. And I know I've been loving and good to people and told by Jesus, and they told me words that I have to get a diction. It's not even in the dictionary. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes... I've heard things, but they, and there were certain signs they gave me that did not point direction in any great way. Okay, never mind. But, well, the point is, what can I do then? Ah, I almost said something I shouldn't say from here. But, you know, we can, uh, you know, go to hell then. No, we much. I know it's tempting, but we don't do that. Why? Because Jesus hanging on the cross. Jesus hanging on the cross. In Luke 23, verse 34, he uttered these words. Looking at all of those who persecuted him, nailed him to the cross. He laid down his life for them. He said, I'm doing this for you, giving my life. And then he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, if Jesus modeled forgiveness, he expects us to exercise forgiveness. And the Spirit of God will help us. So those who treat you bad, forgive them. Pray for them, and great will be your reward. Generous giving is another one. Give, and it will be given to you, Luke 6, 38. Right? So let's be that. And hospitality, endurance through precious. Guys, I'm just going to jump through a lot of these here. And number eight, quality work for your employer. We've spoken about that. I'm going to move on from that point. Right? Let me just go here. I want to talk about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. If you can put that slide up. Thank you so much. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do whether we are slaves or free. Now, what does that mean? Many are working for God but seem not to be getting any rewards. What could be the problem? Possibly, we are looking to people for our reward. What do I mean by that? And I say it in all respect. We are geared. When we, you know, you've heard eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If I do good to others, they must do good to me. Have you heard those terms used, those expressions? Well, God didn't say that. Those are not godly expressions. Jesus said, if someone does you bad, do good to them. And he said here that the Lord will reward you for all the good. Remember, the Lord will reward you for the good you do, irrespective of your circumstance. So let me use Pastor Faisal as an illustration. 
in this side. Or maybe Pastor Bruce, because last night I was talking this side, right? So Pastor Bruce. Now, now Pastor Bruce is a nice guy, okay? So this is just for illustration purposes. Okay, you go, all right, okay. Don't formulate any strange opinions based on the next few minutes, right? So Pastor Bruce, God unctions me to do something for him. So I do something nice for him. But I say, I don't know Pastor Bruce, or maybe I don't like Pastor Bruce much. Again, it's an illustration. I like him, right? But, you know, so, and then I look at him. But when I do it, I look at him and I say, gee, I don't know if I can do that. It's going to cost me something. I've got to be good and generous to him, do something nice for him. But it's amazing. When I look at Pastor Bruce behind him, I see Jesus smiling with his hands open to me. And I am remembering that the Lord will reward me for every good thing I do, in this case, for Pastor Bruce. So I do it, irrespective of my circumstance, irrespective of my feelings, I do it. And I don't expect my reward from Pastor Bruce. Now, in the past, I have done things for people. And I've done good things for them that cost me. And they turned around and treated me bad. I think, down the hatch with that. I'm not going to do that again. No. God didn't say do good to others and they will do good to you. He says do good to others and God will reward you. You see, the amazing thing is when I do good to Pastor Bruce, praise God for when I do good to Pastor Bruce, he could take my gift and throw it over the edge of the earth. Right, Pastor Greg? He can throw it. We are on the flat earth. Never mind. He could throw it away. He could do whatever he wants with it. Or he could take it and use it and make, let it be a blessing to him. Whatever he does with whatever I do for him, a kind word, whatever, I'm doing it for Jesus. And when he responds and treats me good, it feels nice. But if he had to treat me bad when I did him good, I just say, it doesn't matter what you do, Pastor Bruce. My reward comes from Jesus. And you know what, Pastor Bruce is limited in his abilities. He's limited in his resources, the way he can return back to me. So why should I look to another human being for my reward when they are limited? When God says he will reward, he's unlimited. He does not lack for anything, unlimited in his resources. And all I have to do is, for the glory of God, do good to others. And Jesus is my reward. And he has no limits on him. He will reward you from now until eternity continually let's just make sure that our heart is right let us keep reminding ourselves of the fact that jesus he is our reward that the lord will reward when you do good to others in his name isn't that so and here if you want to know how keen jesus is to reward us we read in revelation right revelation chapter 22 Verse 7, 12, and 30. You can read through there. Here, Jesus saying, hey, I'm coming back soon. And he said it three times, so he's on his way. But the amazing thing is in verse 12, he says, look, I'm coming back soon. I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. You know what? Jesus is there. He's standing, and the Father's saying, just wait, son. Just one more being born again. Just one more. Okay, I'm ready to go and fetch the family. No, no, just wait. Wait, there's another one. There's another one. And yet Jesus is God. I don't know, like bags. I don't know how he's carrying them. Rewards, the Bible says. And he's bringing them with me. He can't even wait for you to get to heaven to give it to you. He wants to meet you right here and say, here's your reward for the good things you have done. Thank you for loving others. Thank you for showing the love that I have for them. So come on, family. Let's celebrate Jesus. He's the one who wants to reward us. Great is our reward when we do good to others. So first of all, we are his disciples. We connect with God. And secondly, we connect with people by doing good things, bringing glory to our heavenly Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. And I want to encourage you. 
get some of these cards, these little cards here at the Welcome Center. They're available for you there. They're free of charge. Take bunches. But don't just put them in post boxes. It means nothing. Use it as a personal thing. Touch someone's life. You know, whatever, wherever you might be, the bigger on the street, wherever, give them something. What they do with it is not for you to decide. Let God work through this. You just be the agent of doing good. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.